Hey friends, before we're starting today, I just wanted to say a big thank you. Uh, this month actually marked our one year anniversary of the There's More podcast. Yes, we started March 2020 and just celebrating 12 months of podcasting, of hearing sweet messages from each of you on what you're learning and how God has used these words or this podcast to encourage you literally are the best thing ever. So thank you, friends, for sticking in, for following along, and for enjoying the more with me. Happy one year. What up, what up? Welcome back to the There's More podcast. This is Hannah Nitz, your host, who loves talking about more. More with God, more in your relationship with God, more delight in your time with him. That's my zone, and that's what this podcast is all about. I was a Christian forever. As long as I can remember, I've known God. What a gift. Uh, But after 30 years, I just kind of assumed I had all there was. I mean, I had done all the Christian stuff. And then God just blew everything out of the water by introducing me and revealing to me the beauty of this intimacy with him, of time with him, of more in our relationship with God. And friend, that's why I get on the mic and yell about it because I want you to just taste it and enjoy it too and get to just experience this relationship that Jesus came to give and the, the amazing access we have to God. So that's what this is about. And this week we're talking about prayer closets. Are you surprised? <laughs> I am. I'll be honest. When I started this podcast, if I had to think of a list of topics I would cover, prayer closets wouldn't have been on my list. Um, Because quite honestly, when I started this podcast, I didn't have a prayer closet. And I think I probably would have still rolled my eyes at the idea. So LOL humbling. Um, But today we are going to be talking about prayer closets. Do you think that where you are physically during your time with God matters? Like, could your physical location impact not only your time with God, but your relationship with Him? Well, today, Noelle Beck, Laura Veal, and myself are going to make the argument, yes, uh, it can, that where you meet with God physically can make a difference in your relationship with him. Isn't that a good teaser? So (laughs) we're going to talk all about some closets today that we're doing some praying in, and we're excited for you to join. Here we go. So I feel like on this podcast, I've been honest enough to admit that a lot of this growth and a lot of experiencing more with God has come out of areas that God um, had to kind of rework how I saw something. So, for example, I, in a previous episode, talked about God's glory and how even in understanding God's glory, it was so much about me and about how important I was to God's glory. So in order for uh, me to experience more with God, he had to kind of tap into that and and peel it away and um, 
at times that can be painful. You know, for me, it required me needing to lose my job to like understand this truth in a way. And then he rebuilds this new beautiful foundation and this new truth of understanding who he is. So I've also talked about this throughout the podcast on spending time with God. I mean, if I'm honest, time with God was a very, very low priority for me in my Christian walk. Um, I went to church every week. I loved church. I love learning from other leaders, from my pastor, from podcasts about the Bible and about God's truth. I loved being involved in community, like being with other believers and building like authentic relationships with them where we could talk about God and apply his truth and his word to situations. I loved serving. Like I built my jobs. I built my volunteer opportunities. I built my career in college, like my major, around wanting to be in this place of constantly giving my life to God and constantly serving him. Those are all beautiful things and served me very well in my relationship with God, especially the last 10 years as an adult believer. But what I failed to um, understand, to take advantage of, to grow in, was this one-on-one, personal, alone time with God. Um, I didn't see the value in it. I didn't prioritize it. And when I did it, it was kind of boring. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed these other aspects of my relationship with God. So just a reminder that I was there two years ago (laughs) and this whole podcast and this whole um, conversation that I love having with men and women all over the place about more with God, one of the most foundational shifts, hands down, was pursuing time with God, prioritizing time with God, and then all of a sudden delighting in time with God and craving time with God that my personal alone time relationship with him began to change every single thing about my life and about my understanding of God. So I want to keep that in mind and remind you of that because this conversation today is all about our time with God. And um, throughout this podcast, there's times that I get super practical in our time with God. There's times that it's more big picture, like talking about God's glory and what that means. Um, And today, (laughs) I think is as practical as you can get because we're literally talking about the physical location that you spend time with God. So I've talked about my mentor slash BFF slash just one of my favorite humans many times, Noelle Beck, who will be on this episode with me today. Um, And you've heard the story of her being my youth pastor when I was 12 and she was like 21 and... um, Just watching her relationship with God literally my entire life and always being so fascinated by it. The way she talked about God, the way she related to him was different than I had ever heard. It was different from how I heard my friends talk about it or people at my Christian school or my family. It was just so personal. And I've always been 
intrigued by that in my sweet friend Noel. So sure enough, for the past 10 years, um, I have heard her talk about a prayer room so many times. Uh, so I kind of use these terms interchangeably. A prayer closet is a term that, um, you may have heard, like it's, if you Google it, it actually like shows up like (laughs) having a space in your house, like a prayer closet to pray in and spend time with God. Noel, uh, has called it a prayer room. So closet room, whatever tickles your fancy. So Noel has talked so much about her prayer room how passionate she is about it, how it's her favorite place, how she spends time there every day. And (laughs) uh, before, you know, two years ago, I just always was like, that's cool, Noelle. And I don't know. I just thought Noelle's kind of weird and she has weird ideas and good for you. Like, I would rather (laughs) lay on my couch and I don't know. I don't want to go sit in a tiny room to pray. I just didn't get it. Uh, And then in the last two years, as I've started to enjoy time with God, even still, when she would talk about sitting in her prayer room, I just wanted to be like, you know, you can like leave, like you could go lay in your bed and spend time with God. Like, why are you sitting in this tiny room? I just, I just still didn't get it. I viewed it as um, maybe a little legalistic or like, Why does it have to be this certain space? So I just wanted to be honest about that (laughs) right up front here. Because if you are starting this episode with any sense of skepticism, eye rolling, uh, prayer closet sounds weird, uh, I was with you. And stick with me, okay? (laughs) Because I am a full prayer closet convert. Uh, I have a... A prayer closet in my house and uh that's new that's only been for like six months now five months now and it has impacted me so deeply that I'm committing this entire podcast episode to it and this space has been so impactful to my relationship with God that I like talk to a lot of people about it and when they come over I'm like can I show you my prayer room (laughs) because I want to talk about this and I would love for you to have one too so um that's where this episode is coming from in my house uh I literally took a old like it's a it's in my bathroom (laughs) my prayer room and um it's in our master bathroom which used to have like a tub and this tiny shower. So we ended up like turning the tub area into a shower because we didn't use it. So then I still had this like tiny shower corner that we weren't going to use. So we literally demoed the shower part of it, put a door on it, and put a chair in it. And literally the chair takes up the entire room. (laughs) Like It's a small space. Um, But it has a door, and it has a big comfy chair, and it has a cute little starlight hanging. And it has become my favorite place in the house. So we are just going to talk all about this. What is a prayer room or a prayer closet? Why should you have one? What's the big deal? What's going on here? What's special about this place? Um, And why has it become such a huge part of a spiritual relationship with God for Laura Veal, Noelle Beck, and myself? 
while it's a physical location. How is that possible? So I'm actually going to have Noelle Beck kick off this conversation as, um, as she was the one who really introduced both Laura and I to this concept. This has been such a passion of hers for many years, and I love the way that she talks about the prayer room. So here is Noelle Beck. Hello, friends. Thanks, Hannah, for letting me come back and chat, especially about my favorite place in the whole wide world, and that is the prayer room. Um, I really do love the prayer room, but I didn't always. So let me tell you real quick how I ended up in the creating a prayer room and why I love it so much. So uh, about 10 or 12 years ago, uh, as I was running a ministry called First Glance and hanging out with a bunch of teenagers in the Akron area, I recognized God really convicted my own heart that the best thing I could do for the community is to pray for the students and to pray for them by name. Um, and so as much as there were programs and things I was doing in my office and all of these different things that I could do, and they were all good things, uh, literally the best thing I could do for my students, for our, my ministry, for my community, uh, is to pray for them. Because as John 6, 44 talks about, it's only those that the father draws. It's God who changes hearts and lives. Um, and so I just needed to intercede on behalf of them. So I decided we would create a prayer room for staff members. So if you go into the First Glance building, it's still true and there today. Uh, technically, there's two because there's so many staff members now. But if you were on staff, um, we set it up that you spend, if you're full-time, an hour a day in the prayer room. And the reason we do this is for two reasons. One is to pray for the students in the community. So we have pictures of the students um, and we pray for them by name. And so recognizing like what happens to this community in five years, in 10 years, if we pray for these students by name. The second reason that we encourage every staff member to use the prayer room is John 15. You have to stay connected to the vine. It literally says in John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, and so because of our own need in our lives to grow spiritually and in intimacy with God, we have to use, uh, you don't have to use a prayer room, but we have to find time and space to engage him. And so we wanted, especially because uh, we recognize a lot of staff members were seeing, hearing, and experiencing hard things, we wanted um, to give them a space to reconnect to God. Because that's the only thing that's going to fulfill. That's the only thing that's going to uh, bring life and energy back. And so we created the prayer room for this reason. I did not know when we created this 12 years ago what a huge impact it would have for me. And why I try and talk everybody into having a prayer room. Now, is the prayer room special is it more godly is it more spiritual does god hear my prayers more when i'm in the prayer room versus not no none of that but here's why i value it and here's what i found in it uh do you guys remember going like maybe to your grandma's house maybe to your elementary school like that you grew up in or you go back to a place and all of a sudden when you walk into that room when you walk into that building when you walk into maybe a kitchen with that particular smell, it immediately takes you to a certain time and space. Um, and that's kind of what the prayer room does. 
is the reason that at first glance I don't say, "Hey, everybody, just take an hour and spend an hour with God time, an hour of time with God in your offices." Because in your office, you're doing all these other things as well. Um, and so what the prayer room does is when you walk in, it's almost, again, that same reminder of walking into a particular house or into your elementary school or into a kitchen with that same smell. There's something that draws you back to it. And so if this is a space that the only thing you do in this space is engage God, you naturally, your your spirit, your being kind of goes right back to it. It picks up where you left off. Um, now, please know, I want you to engage God all the time, all the places, all the time, in every, in every situation, right? God is a real living, interactive God who's in your car with you, who's at your workplace with you, who's hanging out with you while you're with your children. So don't hear me say, like, this is the only place to interact with God. But I had no clue the amount of growth and intimacy that would come out of spending an hour a day in a particular place engaging God. Now, again, there are days that I go for a walk around our community instead of use the prayer room and all those sorts of things. But there's something about a set-apart place. Now, this prayer room isn't specifically special, right? Uh, I would encourage you to create a prayer room if you're thinking about this. Create a prayer room or a space. I know some people use a specific chair in their home or a specific spot. Again, it's something that kind of helps draw you in. Um, but do what works well for you. Uh, I know Hannah, and she she may talk about this. Uh, I know Hannah actually likes to sit in an oversized comfy chair, which I happen to help her put into her prayer room, um, which was a feat in and of itself. We had to cut legs off, all sorts of things. But we got it in. So I know Hannah loves to sit cross-legged in a comfy chair and that is her zone for me I do have a comfy chair in my prayer room but honestly the place that I like the best is at the desk um and so the way that you interact with God I also really need music is just a large part of how I connect with God and so uh I then so we have a prayer room at first glance which is why I created it about three years ago I created a prayer room in my home and the thing that was so important to me was to create a prayer room that was soundproof, essentially. Like, you can hear kind of the beat through the walls, but I don't want you to hear my singing. Uh, I don't want you to hear my praying. I don't want you to hear anything that I'm doing so that it just felt safe. Um, but yes, I blare music. Um, I have a desk. I have pens. I have a dry erase board. I kind of know how I interact with God, and I set up a prayer room that helps me do that. Uh, the, what I would encourage you to do is think about how you interact with God, and then set up a prayer room to do that. Again, I'm not saying prayer rooms are the end-all, be-all. You have to have one if you want to grow closer to God. I'm just saying there's something about that space that's intentional. Even as we give intentional time with Him, it helps foster and create intimacy with Him. Now, again... The majority of the time, I use the prayer room. I love it. It's my, it's literally my favorite place on the whole planet. But even today, it's a nice day outside, so I went outside, and in my backyard, there's a little couch, uh, and I sat there and I engaged God, and it was awesome. It was great. I took a speaker out there. I hung out with him. 
I'm not saying it's the end-all be-all. I am saying that it has been a game changer for me over the years because I've recognized how sacred that space has become and days after hard, tragic situations in my own life, my number one place I wanted to go was the prayer room. It's where I interact with intimate moments with God. It's where I want to go on hard days. It's where I want to go on joyful days. And it has allowed me a space to know him in an intimate way. And so I encourage everybody to have a prayer room. And so I've seen several of my friends do it. Several staff members who used to work at First Glance or have worked at First Glance have now have prayer rooms themselves. Again, there's something about a set-apart space. It doesn't have to be a whole room. It could be a closet. It could be uh, just a particular chair or corner that you use. Um, but for me, it really has helped foster intimacy with God. So uh, I encourage you to it. Uh, Hannah, if you want to give people my information, I'll help you figure out how to create a prayer room in your house and space. I just think it's awesome. So I strongly encourage it. I love hearing as Noel shares how this place for Noel started out of ministry. Like it started out of what she was doing uh, for God and with him, with other people in mind. Like I want to put so much prayer into this that I'm dedicating a space. And then over time, over the years, it became this very transformative thing for Noel, for her relationship with God. Um, I mean, I love how she called it a game changer, like realizing how sacred that space has become for her, where she interacts with God on good days, on hard days, on joyful days. And that example that Noel demonstrated and showed both Laura and I impacted us to say, well, maybe we should do the same. Uh, so Noel, thanks for leading the way. And uh, if you want to follow up with Noelle, if you heard on there, she had volunteered to help you set up your prayer room. She's very serious about this. <laughs> um, just head to my website, hannahnitz.com. You can click on say hello there at the top and I will forward your message on to my sweet friend, Noelle Beck. And she is serious. She showed up to my house with this um, prayer room space that I had brought me a chair, literally <laughs> brought a saw <laughs> to cut off the legs <laughs> of the chair because the chair was too big to fit into this small prayer room. And she's just a gem. So anyway, if you <laughs> want to talk more about anything Noelle shared or about her physically giving you ideas for your own prayer room, head to the website and shoot us a quick message. I wanted to read a couple things that um, I ran across in this book that I was reading last year. Uh, it's a book called Secrets of the Secret Place. And the tagline of the book is Keys to Igniting Your Personal Time with God. It's a great book. It's by a guy named Bob. I should have looked up how you say his last name. S-O-R-G-E. What do you think that is? Sorge? Sorge? No idea. Sorry. Sorry, Bob. And um, this was a book so wonderful given to me years ago by Linda Dillow. 
um, someone who also modeled for me this close delight and intimacy with God for years. And last time I read it, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. Like as I read the words, I could be like, oh, cool, that's nice, but not really understand how to apply them to my time with God. So this whole book really advocates about creating the secret place, both physically and spiritually, in your time with God. And he starts um, this chapter. Uh, it's, the chapter is called The Secret of the Shut Door. And he quotes a verse uh, that you'll also hear Laura mention later from Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father, who sees what's in secret, will reward you openly. Uh, so this author goes on to say, Jesus himself spoke these words. Like, we know all scripture is God-breathed. But there's this like special delight in words that we read that are written and said directly from Jesus. And when Jesus taught on prayer, he gave such emphasis to this phrase of the secret place. Like he really taught us how to pray often. But first he teaches us where to pray. And we see this in Matthew 6, 6, like it contains this powerful secret of prayer um, about where we pray. The author says, Do you struggle frequently feeling disconnected from God? Do you strain to feel God's presence when you pray? Does he seem distant to you? Do you long to know that he is right there with you right now, drawing near to you? If your answer to any of those questions is yes, then I have wonderful news for you. There is a guaranteed way to get into God's presence. A surefire, 100% guaranteed way to grow that intimacy with the Father, and Jesus himself gave us the key. Jesus gave us this secret in the above verse when he said, Your Father who is in the secret place. Jesus is telling us that our Father is already in the secret place. He has gone ahead of you. He is waiting for you, friend. The moment you get to the secret place, you are in the immediate presence of your father. Another verse that uh, Jesus actually talks a little bit about this is in the same chapter. He says it in Matthew 6, 18. He says, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Like again, our father, God is in the secret place, um, which essentially this author goes on to say, man, if you want to find that secret place, Jesus gave us the key. He told us how to get there. This is what he said to do. Shut the door. Like that when you enter a room and you shut the door and it's just you in this room that you can now experience the presence of your father instantaneously. Now, I don't know. How does that sound? Does that sound inviting? Does that sound uh, surprising? Have you had that thought before? Is it possible that this like physical thing, like shutting a door, can unlock this like spiritual concept? Like, is it possible that this secret place can be this like portal to our time with God? Um, man, this 
this concept of shutting the door, this concept of having this space alone with God, again, is something that as I've tasted in the last few months, it has just blown me away. Um, the author goes on in this book, Secrets of the Secret Place, to say, when you build your life on the blessed intimacy of a secret place relationship with God, you are building on a rock. You're getting your foundation in order. That's not my opinion. That's a teaching from Jesus. He says these words in chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew. Um, in one great sermon, Jesus said in his sermon, he was laying forth the foundational stones of a disciple's life, and here's how he said it. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and they beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. When the rain descended, the floods came in, the wind blew and beat that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. I mean, he's arguing here like Jesus's message is unmistakable. Like if you hear what I say and you do it, you do what I have taught you in the Sermon on the Mount, you will build your foundation into your life that survives the harshest of storms. And man, one of the most essential elements to that foundation is this secret life with God, like this close intimacy with him that Others may see the overflow of it, but the actual relationship, that like intimate time is the secret between you and him. Like those who hear this word and do it, not only enjoy intimacy with, with God on a daily basis, but this verse says we will also be equipped to sustain the greatest storms, the hardest things in life. And the thought that this secret to this is literally to shut the door that's what this um <laughs> sweet author is talking about shut shut the door read matthew 6 shut your door friends and you heard this from noelle you heard how she talks about um literally having this space where she has learned to shut the door and have this private place between her and god as I began to prioritize my time with God and grow in it and desire it, I was still spending my time with God wherever, on the couch, on the bed, outside, um, in an office. And again, none of this is, is wrong. There's like, there isn't this formula. It isn't like, hey, if you don't close your door, you're screwed and it doesn't count. Like, don't hear that at all. But what is happening in this door closing, um, shutting the world out, prioritizing this time with God, I don't want to downplay. Again, because this transformation that I began to experience when I literally sat in a room with the door shut, with headphones in, with my phone put away, where, I mean, do I get interrupted here and there with a husband and child? Yes, of course. But like... My family knows Hannah is in her space with God. Mom is spending time with God. Like this is a private space. 
And um, man, how Noel described it being this place that your soul recognizes, like when you step into it, it's like your your soul and your spirit know what to do. Like, Father, this is the place where I meet you. This is the place where we hang out. This is the place where I get to know you. This is the time when I pour out my prayers. This is the place where I sit in silence and listen for you. This is the time where I sing loudly worship to you even though my door is not soundproof like noelle's and my sweet husband gives me a little bit of a hard time about that (laughs) but really cherishing um this space and this like this um relationship that it has actually literally helped me to form and prioritize having this so Next, I want to share words from Laura Veal. Um, Laura Veal has called this place her prayer closet because it's literally in her closet where all of her clothes and shoes and purses are. And um, I love how she talks about this space as somewhere that has provided rest for her soul, her mind, her heart, and her emotion. And just because it's so on brand for the There's More podcast, really just take in Laura's like kind of like raspy morning voice here. (laughs) I love her so much. It's just so funny. She woke up so early to record this for us. Laura, thank you, sweet friend, for your early morning recording. Uh, If you haven't noticed... The There's More podcast is mainly done hiding in <laughs> corners from our children, trying to record these awesome conversations and thoughts. But we are the opposite of professional. Uh, so with that being said, continuing this sweet conversation on prayer closets, my girl, Laura Veal. Hello, friends. Um, <laughs> if my voice sounds a little weird, it's because it's pretty early in the morning right now. Um but my kids are sleeping, so I'm taking advantage of this. Um, okay, the prayer closet. Oh, goodness. Let's let's just start with what the prayer closet is not. The prayer closet is not cool and showy and makes you feel awesome. Um, in fact, it's, it's probably the exact opposite. Uh, it is the place where uh, I, I intentionally step into the undoing. Um, God, what do you want me to know? What do you want to show me? What do you want to reveal about me and in me? Um, what else? It's not, it is not defined by a feeling. He has taught me that, um, in really hard ways this last year, um, where there's just been a lot of hard things and, and I've, I've just come back to this space with him over and over and over. And I've just waited for this overwhelming lifting to happening or to happen. And, um, he's been doing it, uh, but not in the, uh, microwaved version of it that I would love because I entered the prayer closet. Um, but no, it's defined by devotion and, um, commitment and desire that that's what's wrapped up in um just creating the secret space with our with our creator and with the um the lover of our souls and the and the redeemer of of all things that he wants to redeem relationship and he gives us such an incredible opportunity to get to know him 
And um, while he knows us, obviously, for us to just um, lay all of us before him. Um, there's a, a saying I've heard, it's taking our real self to the real God. Um, and the prayer closet is a space for that. And it is such a gift. Um, the, my prayer closet is, um, it is covered in scripture and it is covered in my prayers. Um, it is a place that I go and, and I fight when, um, when it feels like life is closing in. Um, it is a place that I go and I worship when it feels like, my soul could burst with just the overwhelming delight. And it's a place that I go to worship when life feels like it's caving in, (laughs) when I'm overwhelmed, but I know that I still have a reason to praise or worship. I go to my prayer closet or I go to my basement uh, if the kids are awake. But but in that space, um, I'm just reminded of the true reality. I go in, I shut the door and I stare at these words on my wall that remind me of the true reality that's happening around me, the spiritual warfare that's happening all around us all the time. Um, And the fact that I am safe in his arms, um, it's hard to remember that in the busyness of life. The prayer closet is a space where I I find that, that refuge, or actually I take that refuge. I intentionally take that refuge in him and I remind myself of the truth. I take in all of the, the, the truth that is literally plastered on my walls. Um, and I just meet him in that space. Um, you know, I think of Psalm 91, it it starts out, uh, that he who dwells in the, in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. And I've thought about that a lot. Um, a friend shared that with me and, and I, I believe that the prayer closet is our um, our way of saying I believe in this. It's it's creating a space where you will dwell in the shelter of the Most High, uh, because we believe so much that there is rest to be found in that um, rest for our souls, rest for our minds, rest for our hearts and our emotions. And like I said, it's a space of undoing often for me. Um, but that's probably because I've had just an emotional couple months <laughs> prior to that. I, I probably didn't cry as much in my in my prayer closet. But the thing about it is, you come into this space and you shut the door, and like as if it's like a relationship with your spouse. If I am with my spouse in the kitchen, the kids are screaming, my phone's blowing up. That is not going to create true intimacy. And this is at best how so many of us interact with God. It's this on the go, in the busyness, fit you in here, fit you in there. No relationship thrives like that. And when we get in our heads that that he, he really, I mean, we are made for relationship with him. His desire is deep relationship with the children that he loves. And it's not this hypothetical thing. Then, then for me, my personality is to say, well, then I want to take you up on that and I want to see what you do. And that was where the prayer closet um, came to be. I want to take you up on on what it, this this idea that you want intimate relationship with me. And um, I mean, not to, not to be odd, but I, I, I don't know if we've talked or if Hannah's talked about this on, on this um, podcast, but the word no uh, John seventeen three. I know she's she shared about that, and this is eternal life 
that they know you, the one true God, and the Christ whom you have sent. And that word know in the Greek is a Jewish idiom for sex. Uh, you'll find it used in um, talking about Joseph and Mary in Matthew, I think it's 1, verse 24, 25, something like that. Um, you'll see it in the Greek translation of the Old Testament in, I think it's Genesis 4, talking about Adam and Eve. But it is, yes, a Jewish idiom for sex. Okay, that sounds weird. But here's the the reality, is that this intimacy with God is intentionally spoken of in a way that you would speak about intimacy with your spouse. And I never, ever gave God the time for that to even be a reality. Uh, I couldn't even wrap my mind around how anything could even slightly reflect that. But that's the reality of, I mean, Christ in the church, that relationship is uh, our marriages are a shadow of that, or they mirror that. There is something about the intimacy found between a husband and wife um, that is just a, a, a barely, but is intended to be a reflection of the intimacy that we have um, with God the Father. And so, with that in mind, when I'm with my spouse, the time that I am going to deeply com- connect with him is often, for any of us, going to be behind closed doors. There's no distractions. The kids aren't running in. The phone is not in our face. And we are just before one another to get to know each other in the deepest ways. And that is what God invites us to. So the prayer closet was my response to that. It was believing that he desired intimacy and wanting to experience it for myself. And so I go in and I shut the door. And if I have my phone, it's flipped over in the corner there only if I need to look up a word or something that that I'm prompted to look up. But it's undistracted, it's intentional. And in that space so often, I mean, just the rawness of me pours out before the Father. And, and sometimes I'm just simply, not simply, but I'm reading His Word and, and I'm taking it in. And, and um, sometimes it's nothing crazy. Other times I feel so stirred into worship. And guess what? I'm in my own secret place with him. The door is shut. I can be as undignified in my worship as I as I feel so inclined to be, as the spirit moves me to be. And again, that would have that idea felt so bizarre, but it's uh it's in that space that just intimacy and love for him grows and grows and grows because it's the spirit in us that grows those things. So I cannot create intimacy. I make room for it and I allow the spirit to cultivate it in these these places with him. Certainly doesn't have to be private, but the opportunity in the secret in the secret space in this prayer closet, door closed, no distraction. You have my full attention, God. And over time, his word promises that there is incredible fruit in that and there's such a gift in that and and that is where he becomes our fortress and he becomes our shield and he becomes our stronghold Psalm 18 it's in that space and then it fill you know that plays out then in the rest of our of our lives but um i'm sure that Matthew 6 has been talked about here uh where it says Matthew 6 6 when you go when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I just think the greatest reward for me that I can see 
is is that this abiding relationship, this John 15 relationship. I mean, you will see the word abide all throughout scripture. It became such a reality of my life and it began to flourish. Um, That is the reward because again, I cannot create a relationship with God. Like he's the one who worked this in me, brought me into it. And then it's by his spirit that it flourishes. So it is in that secret space, in that intentional time, undistracted, you and me, God, that that can happen. Um, And certainly it can happen other places. Again, I've been a Christian for many years, but uh, the uh, so much has, has happened over the last few years. And I believe so much of that shift, I mean, there's different aspects, but is is waking up to the reality of what we've been invited to and then with intentionality, creating the space for the spirit to cultivate that. Um, the last thing I just want to say is I was encouraging or talking to another friend about this. And I said, you know, the prayer closet... Uh, is, is I only call it a prayer closet because mine happens to be in a closet. Um, originally it was literally, (laughs) uh, I had clothes on both, on both sides, like shoes, like I had clothes up against my shoulders. I could barely move. I could only be on my knees. Um, and my husband was the one who said, okay, like you've been using this long enough and you keep saying your knees are bothering you. Why don't we make our closet into a prayer room that happens to have clothing? Um, so we did that over Christmas and oh, it, it's been such a gift, but, um, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be this, this big thing where you take this room in your house and you turn it into something. Um, uh, Noel and Hannah and myself have had the, um, just the blessing of being able to do that. Um, but I was encouraging another friend. It can just be a space, an office, an office where you can shut the door. I think I, I believe the most important thing is just that, that private place, undistracted you and God. Um, and then, and just a space where you can, where you can have scripture and all these things, all these prayers, truths right before your eyes. Um, but like I said, that does not have to be, there's no, some, there's no super spiritual prayer closet. Um, it's, it's the intention behind it. Um, the commitment behind it of, of just wanting to pursue him and be, be in that space of intimate relationship with him. So, um, and then the other thing, again, I touched on it is just, um, that it is not, I actually have a note. I'm looking at it right now. And it says, I'm not looking for an experience. I'm inviting you into my experience. The prayer closet is not about you're going to it with looking for, you know, God, you owe me this. God, I'm here, pour this out. And I had, I've had to learn that um, through some tougher seasons. Um, but it's a space, again, with intentionality. I am inviting you into my life. I'm inviting you into my mess. I'm bringing the raw version of myself before you in a secret space. I am, no one is watching. No one is distracting. It's you and me, God. And I want you to undo and I want you to teach and I want to just feel your arms around me. But, but so often, um, I have walked away and I, it's been okay. Like sometimes I walk away frustrated, (laughs) 
But I continue to believe in my God and who he says he is and and the love that he has for me. And that's where I, at the beginning, I think I talked about like, it's defined by, by devotion and commitment and desire because we continue to show up and we continue to come and his grace pours out over time. Um, but it's not a walk in, get your experience, your fill up, walk out the door. Um, although sometimes... It can be just that. <laughs> he is so good to us. So anyways, uh, I love this topic. It has been hugely transformational in my life. Um, and I hope that you all are, are encouraged to kind of think about how you could find that secret place uh, to get alone with God. I always want these conversations, friend, to feel encouraging, to give you new ideas, things to think about, things to try in your relationship with God. Not guilty, not a to-do list, not like, oh man, I'm not doing this right. So you know what? If you're not in the space where a prayer closet sounds exciting or you're like, Hannah, I don't even know how to spend time with God yet. Like I'm not, (laughs) I'm not making a space for it. Just don't worry. Put this in your back pocket. Think about it later. Pray, pray about it later of like, God, I want to work towards this. Can you show me how to get to a spot where I would enjoy that? Or maybe you're ready. Maybe you're like, man, this sounds kind of cool. Like, what if I had this dedicated space and it could be a chair? It could be a room. I just talked with someone who is literally clearing out a storage closet where they keep like Christmas wrapping things and Christmas decorations in their basement that they're turning into a prayer closet. My other friend... Um, shares a house with all of her family and all she has is her bedroom. So she literally has her own bathroom attached. And when she wakes up in the morning, she goes and sits on the bathroom floor, has her prayers taped on the door or the vanity and closes her bathroom door. Guys, that counts too. Like it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to, you know, have a couch. Like just... Um, start asking God that he would show you what this looks like to make a secret place with him, to show physically what you are trying to spiritually prioritize of God. I want to seek after you. I want to enjoy this time with you. I want to be so intentional about my time with you that even where I sit is intentional. Friends, the whole reason we babble on about this and yell on the microphone and have this podcast is because I just want you to taste it. I want you to taste this enjoyment and delight that God came to give. Like this is the relationship we were made for. And for so long, friends, I I had such a small piece of it. And as I taste more and more, I delight in it more and more. And I desire for others to delight in our God, our Father, more and more and more. Hey, have you heard the news? There is more.